0: I think it's going to be a while, a slow, steady recovery. Um, And then a lot of small businesses, they went out of business. Uh, So those support the smaller hotels. I mean, say you're staying at a Fairfield Inn, you need dinner, you're gonna go to a small business around, they might not be closed, might not be open. Um, Some of your chains will survive, um, but it's gonna look totally different.
1: This is Hospitality One-to-One, Conversations on the Industry. Here's your host, Chris Beggis. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Hospitality One-to-One podcast, Conversations on the Industry. Today, we'll be speaking with hotel HR expert Michael Bosch about his thoughts on the COVID-19 impacts on hotels and what post-pandemic hiring might look like. But first, a quick word about one of our new sponsors of the Hospitality One-to-One podcast, Kinsey Connect. That's K-I-N-Z-Y Connect. It's a brand new networking tool built for hospitality professionals by hospitality professionals. Whether you're looking to build your network of peers or looking to grow and take the next step in your career, Kinsey Connect was built for you. It's free to join. Just visit www.kinseyconnect.com. That's connect.com to learn more and to sign up. Now on to today's guest. Michael Bosch has a solid hotel human resource background that includes working as VP of Human Resources for Twin Tier Hospitality, and also working as Director of HR for the Omni Homestead, and Complex Director of Human Resources for the Renaissance and Westin Las Vegas. Michael has seen it all in Hotel HR, and he offers his candid take on where we are, and more importantly, he offers his views on where we go from here. Here now is Michael Bosch. Again, Michael, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Chris, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having
1: you. me. The pleasure's all mine. So obviously, you've got an extensive background. Um, as I talked about in the intro, um, your experience goes from Omni Hotels, Renaissance. You've got branded experience. You've got some higher-end experience, uh, a lot of uh, HR background a strong hospitality experience. Uh, Just, I guess, if you will, wanted to kind of pick your brain. I mean, obviously no one can truly look at right now um, what the future is going to hold. When it comes to uh, the hospitality industry, especially when it comes to the impacts of COVID-19. But putting you on the spot here, you know, where do you think things go from here? In other words, what does, I guess, a rebound look like time frame wise, perhaps? And where do you think the rebound starts?
0: Well, being in Vegas right now, I think it's just started. Um, the only thing that I'm concerned about is uh, spread of more infections, mm-hmm. um, but you know we're slowly starting to open up and it looks like a whole way across the country things are starting to open up again but I think it's going to be a very long haul uh, I think it's going to take a long time in January say in Las Vegas we had our lowest unemployment rate and we had just finished out two thousand and nineteen with the highest amount of visitors since two thousand Well, since ever, but since basically the recession of 2008. So that's 11 years of recovery just from that economy crash. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, if if we use that as an example, we're probably looking at 11 to 15 years to get back to the, the levels that we were at prior to this. So that's kind of scary, at least to get that high.
1: So, I mean, I guess the big question we have here is we we know how we got here and how rapidly. We're talking to your point. It was the span of about three weeks it took for the wheels to completely come off. But now that we're starting to see the opening, the gradual reopenings across the country, big question becomes if you're a hotelier, um, you know, what does the rest of 2020 look like? When do we start, do you think, to begin to see some type of, of recovery that's sustained?
0: I think with the hotels, you're going to see uh, a need for um, focusing on the leisure guest who can drive to your properties. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't see anybody really traveling across the United States within the next uh, 10 to 12 months. I I see drive-in business. I see businesses, uh, will probably rebook for the fall. Um, I've noticed a lot of rebooking from my friends through the fall for their events, but, you know, I guess it all depends on what happens with the virus. And if we open and close, um, and if you're looking at the casino businesses in Vegas, you're, you're looking at, 50% Oh, 50% occupancy in the casino floors. Um, so that's going to keep a squash on the amount of people traveling, at least into this this area of the country. Um, so I think you're going to start first with the leisure travelers and then slowly move into more of your your business travelers. And then uh, the city relies a lot on conventions on its shoulder peaks. So those need rebook. They need replanned. Um, so I think it's going to be a while, a slow, steady recovery. Um, and then a lot of small businesses, they went out of business. Uh, so those support the smaller hotels. I mean, say you're staying at a Fairfield Inn, you need dinner, you're going to go to a small business around, they might not be closed, might not be open. Um, some of your chains will survive. Um, but it's going to look totally different Um, I think it's going to be more subdued I think Vegas will be more subdued less shows less people gambling uh, less people staying in the hotels um, and casinos and the resorts so that's going to mean less need for people so I'm going to see unemployment stay low or stay high I mean (laughs) re-employment staying low and um, it's going to be a tough recovery for everybody And
1: and that's actually probably a valid point, too. You talked about the occupancy. And again, I know Vegas, where you're at now, is is your prime example. But across the country, country. where where do you think we are looking at, you know, I would say initially we know it's going to be low. Where do you think occupancy peaks out at this year? I know China has been talking about some pretty successful occupancies of some of their properties as part of a rebound, but where do you realistically think we'll we'll peak at as part of this recovery this year?
0: Uh, I think the areas of the country that are going to peak are your destination um, drives. So I grew up in Pennsylvania and Ohio. So for us to get to the beach, we could be there at eight to 12 hours. I think those cities, those areas are going to see the highest amount of occupancy. Um, again, I I think business travel is going to be very low. Uh, so your, your city hotels, your class one hotels are are, are probably going to struggle, but I think your resorts, especially your resorts where, uh, you can do it all. Um, you know, I spent some time with Omni hotels and, uh, you could go to some of their big resorts in the Northeast and in, um, some of the ones in dallas in the southwest and you could live there for months without having to step off property <laughs> i've done it a couple times so uh, i don't think they're going to get to sell out range but they're probably going to start hitting 50 percent occupancies as soon as people can travel and there's a pent-up demand for it uh everybody's been sitting home and bored Usually when the economy goes down, restaurants do better. People want to go out. They want to feel better. Uh, they want to stay. They want to take short vacations. So I think the model is going to flip to the weekends um, with a higher occupancy. And leisure is going to stay through the shoulder days of Monday, Tuesday, and then Thursday, Friday. And there's not going to be much of a business traveler.
1: Now, you know, I wa- you're kind of bringing up an important point because you talk about the, the lack of the business traveler. Uh, and when I think of businesses, I think of conferences, I think of conventions. And you talked about Vegas having that, you know, that, that business not be there right now as well. Obviously every state across the country has a different form of a mass gatherings order, if you will. I think with the exception of Wisconsin, at the time mm-hmm. we're recording this, I believe Wisconsin's Supreme Court overturned their governor. So I think they may be the only one, but even that might be mandated by a particular state, by a city or county may have a certain mandate. So that being said, for as long as these mass gatherings orders are in place, and these are the things that we are probably going to be in place the longest. um, How do catering sales managers, how do directors of conference services How do social catering managers cope with that given the fact that we have no foreseeable end to these, these mandates and that's going to hurt business. Wouldn't you say?
0: Oh yeah. It's definitely having an effect. I'm seeing a lot of, uh, I would say chatter on social media from the social sales managers um, about how they're going to set up meeting spaces Um, now a ballroom that could have had, I don't know, 300 people. Um, You can't even fit 150 in them to keep everybody six seated six feet apart. Uh, So they're working on designs, ways to set up uh, ballrooms. So now you'll have a six foot table with one person at each each one, everybody's spread apart. Um, So when you look at that, I think from the business side, as an owner, is it, better for me to send people to a property somewhere and risk exposure uh, risk liability and spend money or rely on technology and back to the uh the video meetings and video conferences that we've been having and my guess is they're gonna they're gonna be challenged to lead people away from sitting at their computer and talking on a video screen To coming back to the hotels and it's going to be need to be creative um, especially if they want to get any kind of profit out of it because businesses have suffered and they're going to they're going to keep their the reins pretty tight on the checkbook and my guess is traveling is not going to be high priority it's going to be get back to the business get things together and uh, how can we meet virtually
1: so to those who are despising Zoom or Microsoft Teams, that's the unfortunate <laughs> bad news. It's like it will it will be around for a little while longer for people.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: <laughs> so, you know, I want to kind of cut down to the brass tacks of what you actually specialize in, which is the HR side of things. Okay? So yep. this is an interesting time period for hotels because a lot of properties closed. And when they closed, they had to furlough Uh, their staff now as part of the reopening obviously you're going to look at staffing numbers you're going to look at employees overall who was strong who wasn't and so not everyone who is furloughed is going to be brought back Um, just the nature of the beast so looking at it from a recruiting model and a talent model uh, what does that look like in the next say six to twelve months uh, when it comes to rehiring, when it comes to the need for you know, gro- career growth, when it comes to bringing new staff on board. How does this look in the post-COVID-19 world? Well,
0: you're always going to now have a plethora of applicants, and it's going to be hard to find your diamond in the rough. And I think one of the challenges that many companies are going to have is uh, reputation and how they treated uh, associates and, and uh, former associates during this period. Um, for those companies that did a furlough and continued um, wages, continued benefits, um, weren't, I'm going to use the American greed word, and <laughs> put their profits back into their employees, I think they're going to be able to find the best of the best. Uh, they're going to be able to bring back their best. Uh, I think the best who have left and maybe gone elsewhere might come back to those properties. We we tend to be loyal in uh, the brands that we want to serve. And especially if our, our supervisor, our boss, our leader treated us well and, and made contact uh, while we were all here and furloughed. I think they're going to be the ones that come out uh, ahead of the game. Those who just furloughed everybody, cut their pay, um, or kept people on and reduced their pay, I think they're going to find some, some issues in retainment when everything opens back up. Uh, so I see a lot of people jumping ship from those companies. Um, possibly uh, a lot of cities are going to see union activity uh, if they didn't treat their associates well during the uh, the time off, uh, I think the largest unions are going to try to use this time to take a foothold. Um, and those properties that just didn't treat their associates well, or those companies, uh, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna face a lot of challenges. Uh, recruiting's not easy. Um, I've been hiring for. 20 years, and it's always been a challenge. Even in the downtimes when there's a lot of people uh, looking for jobs, it's hard to find the people who want to come to work, want to be on time, and actually want to do their job and make a difference for the guest and their coworkers. So I, I think that challenge is going to be doubled because now your your hiring managers, your recruiters that have been off, they're they're going to open a position for. One cook and get thousands and thousands of applicants, and finding the right person is going to be a challenge for them so I mean
1: from a recruiting standpoint, from a hiring standpoint, you know we always know that the the line level um, employees there's always a need for them always when do you think the managerial level candidates hiring will pick up again?
0: Probably within a year, uh, I hate to say it um but you're probably looking at a year uh, now properties that stayed open. They stayed at minimum skeleton scat staffing. Um, you're going to see probably a lot of disengagement in the workforce. Uh, hey, I'm doing more. Uh, you took my pay away and who knows if the pay is going to be put back to normal. Um, and then it's okay companies start to think, well, okay, if I can retain somebody at 20 to 30% off of their salary, do I need to pay top wages to get people in? Um, so I think wages, uh, are going to be an issue in our industry. Um, and you're going (laughs) to take what you can get, I guess is going to be the hardest part for the job seeker. And, um, I think it, it could lead to that cycle of hiring someone. They stay for three months. They find a better job that pays a couple thousand dollars more, and they and they move. I think there's a lot of rebuilding, rebranding, uh, and pay, pay structures need to be uh, looked at again. Um, I'm always a fan of incentives. I think every position should be incentivized, and um, I think incentives need to be reviewed. Um though we're going to have less job openings, there's going to be more um, competition for each position. And uh, on the other side, I don't think uh, business owners can say, all right, we have the upper hand um, because I don't think they're going to. Well, I
1: I wanna. This has been a fascinating discussion. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. I could keep going on, but I yeah, me too. (laughs) I could. I want to wrap it up here, but I want to give a takeaway here, if we will. So, from an HR standpoint, you know, obviously, um, to 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 you know, look at this, you know, to take the full disclosure. Of course, I'm also a recruiter by trade. Right. Um, So we, you know, if you will. If you are looking at, if you're a sales manager, if you are a uh, you know a, a an engineering manager, if you're a director of engineering, if you're someone managerial level, for example, and you just threw out the the phrase that could be about a year, if you're not working or if you were furloughed or laid off in, entirely because of this, and you begin to see that it could be up to a year before companies start to in earnest rehire the managerial level candidates, what advice do you have for those managerial candidates who may be either A, looking or have not been working now and are are trying to figure out the positive for the future?
0: I think they need to do something. Don't sit home and just wait. Do something. Learn a new skill. Work a new job. Even if it's a part-time or full-time job at a store or washing dishes, do something. Show that you were um, ready to jump in and do what you could to survive. I mean, I'd look at somebody who either spent a whole year sitting at home and watching Netflix compared to somebody who took a class, took some coursework, uh, worked a part-time job to to make things meet or worked a full-time entry-level job. Um, I think somebody who humbled themselves to do that uh, or – who um I guess you could say shown initiative would stick out as an applicant much better than somebody who just sat at home and did nothing. So brush up on some skills, take some classes on LinkedIn or maybe finish that degree you were too credit shy of and uh put some effort into it. Just don't sit there and do it do nothing.
1: That's a great advice. And as we wrap up, you know, we've been talking high level. We've been talking in general for overall, but let's make it really personal here. What does the next few weeks and what does the rest of 2020 look like for you, Michael?
0: <laughs> for me, uh, I am definitely on the job hunt. Um, I am looking for a company where they share my my vision of human resources. And that's pretty much keeping an engaged staff and treating your staff well I'm not going to use the the terms right because that's a um, (laughs) what's right for one might be wrong for another Um, (laughs) but uh, I, I, I am in the market and hopefully I can find a position where I can stay in Vegas it's one of the best cities I've ever lived in but moving back to the east coast would be great too but if
1: people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to
0: reach you? Um, my social media is pretty high. Uh, LinkedIn is the easiest way to find me. Uh, at my, um, it's I'm Michael P. Bosch, and uh, or they can just shoot me a message at info at Terrific, Michael.
1: It was great talking. To you. It was My pleasure, Chris. Of course, we are looking forward to the recovery. Hopefully, things happen quicker than we hope. I hope so. But it's good to have a good uh, uh, plan moving forward. And again, best of luck to you, Michael. Thank
0: you, Chris. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks for listening to the Hospitality One-to-One podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for more stories and conversations with the best in the hospitality industry.